Good morning, everybody, and welcome. You are listening to the Faith FM Network, 87.6, 87.8, or 88 right across Australia, depending on where you are. This is the breakfast show, Positively Different Radio, with Lyle and... Mon. Good morning, Lyle. Morning, Mon. How's it going? Great. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Well, it was. <laughs> it was a good morning. It it's, was a great morning. It's fast coming to an end this morning. It's all over. Yeah, indeed. It happened yesterday. It happened yesterday. Maybe even further back ago it happened. <laughs> Maybe even further back because sometimes we get requests through like, oh, we heard your show on the radio yesterday. I'm thinking, when was that show? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so if you are listening to this show and it is not... Wednesday. Uh, Wednesday the 16th. 16th. Then you're listening to the delayed broadcast. And Mm -hmm. if you're listening to the delayed broadcast, you're missing out because you are getting your news late. Late. Super late. And that's not our fault. Yeah. It's yours. (laughs) But don't worry. We won't hold it against you. And it's very easy to fix as well. All you've got to do is jump across to our live show. Yes, indeed. Our live show. And you can get our live show by going to faithfm.com.au and pressing play. Or you can use the TuneIn app, which is what we've been using so much ourselves. It's so simple. Put Faith FM in your favourites. Get the free version and you can listen to Faith FM right across Australia, wherever you are, uh, with a perfect signal, which is just the best way to listen to the radio. Anyway. Yeah, it's it's super easy. They're both free to do. It's a you know a great signal. You can listen to it anywhere on the planet. So I don't know why people would. You're not, I'm going to be listening to it, it tomorrow all day as I head up to Maxville and Nambucca Heads. I'm uh, preaching up in those churches. Oh, when are you heading out? Yeah, straight after the breakfast show. Ah, how yeah. about that? You know, and also like jumping across the live show is not only easy, but there's so many benefits. You know, for example, you can uh, you can answer the quiz and get the prize, provided that Lyle doesn't ruin it. Uh, I didn't ruin it. I just gave the answer away. I was being generous. I, I was just being generous. I was, that was on purpose. <laughs> and, I meant to do that. Yeah, righto. <laughs> and uh, you can get the giveaway at the end of the show. You can, you can ask the question of the day. Although you can call us anytime and ask a question. We'll just dash it away and answer it later. Um, so yeah, there's lots, of, there's lots of reasons why you should jump across to the live show. Anyway, coming up in today's show, we're going to talk about aliens. Mm-hmm. And Trinitarians. Oh, yes. We've got a um, an ex anti-Trinitarian who has, wrote, who has written a book on the subject of the Trinity, otherwise known as the Godhead. So just in a nutshell, what is anti-Trinitarianism? Somebody who does not believe that uh, the Godhead is made up of three persons. Okay. All right. Cool. Um, and so they believe that you know Jesus had an origin and the Holy Spirit is uh, just an inanimate force. Which is not exactly biblical. But we will No, it's not biblical, that, but yeah. we're going to find out why did this person go into it in the first place and how did he find his way out of it? Mm-hmm. Indeed, we're going to discuss the news a bit. We're going to give stuff away. We're going to have a great show. We have a wonderful Bible study. About all the about, abomination of desolation. Yeah, and how to survive at the end times. Stay tuned, guys. We'll be back in just a moment. See you. 
was Andrew Peterson with Is He Worthy here on Faith FM. Mon, do we have a quiz today? Yes, of course we have a quiz. We, we a always quiz have day. a quiz, except for that one day a couple of weeks ago I totally forgot. Um, <laughs> yeah, you, you missed the quiz. <laughs> you, were, you weren't here and I was distracted trying to run the show myself. <laughs> but it's okay. You're here now and we have a quiz. Okay, so this is a what number am I? Okay, mm-hmm. the first clue being the n- chapter in Acts that records Peter's miraculous escape from prison with the help of an angel. So if you've got the book of Bible, the, the Bible in front of you, maybe s- flick to the book of Acts and s- just you know have a quick look, quick scan, see if you can find the story of Peter escaping from prison with the help of an angel. You have a confused look on your face, and that makes me very happy. I'm, I have a range at the moment. <laughs> A range of it's within four chapters that I'm thinking of. It's within three. I'm narrowing it down to three. Don't accidentally say it again now, will you? <laughs> no, because it's still within a range. Yeah, I haven't okay. actually got it if yet. So you if you know- can get it and uh, see if you can get it before I can figure it out, and give us a call one eight hundred three two four eight four three or text us on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine or shoot us a message on Facebook. Faith FM Australia. And we'll send the prize, uh, which today is um, a Soyan Eastham album. 
Okay, Lyle, I've got yes. some good news for you. Good. What are you happy about? <laughs> okay, fine. I'll tell you what I'm grateful for. No, no, I want to know you're happy about. You, you don't have to tell me what you're grateful for because you. But said I, you I want that, people to like, know what, you, what I'm grateful what for. I'm so about? grateful for it. I'm grateful for salad. I'm so into salad. Oh, you have no idea. I had salad the other night. Um, that my wife made with those microgreens. Yes. So yes. unbelievably That's exactly good. exactly it. Yeah. It's like a whole plate full of rabbit food. And by the time I got to the end of it, <laughs> I was like- bunny happy. <laughs> I was a happy bunny. I can tell you. I was just like, give me another bowl of that. Yeah. So it didn't fill me up. That's all. So you were away last week. Um, and so Claire from Picket Fence Organics came in and, yes. and filled in. And of course she, um, bless her heart, brought up a, a car load of her microgreens. So mm-hmm. she has these, Little little um little round containers and all different kinds of microgreens. Yeah, punnets. And I bought five punnets and uh, and then I was like, oh no, this is getting too long. I need to eat them all at once. And so yesterday I I had to get out my two biggest kitchen mixing bowls and I just made the most ginormous salad. You know, I stuck all the microgreens in there, a bit of lettuce, cucumber, tomato, some um some sprout seed stuff. Anyway, and then put like all kinds of dressing and stuff on it. And then um the three of us, my housemates and I, we feasted. Um and then we only had enough left over for my breakfast today, which I'm super excited about because tomorrow I'm kicking off my next thirty days of juice fasting. So it's like, oh, you're going to do it again. It's like the meal you have. Before I was you die. I was wondering whether you were going to do it a second time. Or no, not. I was. I was just the only reason I haven't started it so far is because because I wanted to get these microgreens into me. So I didn't want to pay for them and then just juice them. So I was kind of like watching. She's like, yeah, she's going to have a day off. Now she's going to have two days off. Now she's yeah. going to have a week off. I actually wanted to. Yeah, s- she's going to have like a month off. <laughs> I actually wanted to start like Sunday or Monday, but um, but yeah, these microgreens have been holding me back because I still hadn't gotten around to eat them. But as of today, they will have been et. And tomorrow, it's back on the juice. So what's what's for dinner tonight? Um, I haven't decided yet. I don't You're know. Going to make it. <laughs> maybe worse, maybe another salad. Up, maybe another salad. Me. Salad is actually my second favorite food. You know that. You know that. You know that quote. You can't make friends with salad. It's not true. You can make friends with me with salad. Bring me salad. We'll be besties forever. There you go. Okay. Now uh-huh. onto some good news. I love this idea so much. I am even strongly tempted to reenact this here in Newcastle. So there's a there's a library in South London. Um, it's believed to be the first one ever. And uh, this library was created through crowdfunding, crowdfunding campaign, of course, mm-hmm. um, which was supported by local residents, uh, including the mayor. And uh, and guess what this library is of, Lyle? Uh, books. No, it's a library of things. So you can go there and you can hire stuff like drills, pressure washers, ukuleles, oh. ice cream makers, carpet cleaners, lawn mowers. I'm currently kites. in need of a tractor and a slasher. Okay, I'm on it, Lyle. <laughs> Isn't that just wonderful? I'm like- This is like Kennards, but it's um, a library version yeah, of it. Yeah, yeah. So you go there, like you sign up, you know, get your membership, just like you do in a normal library, a book library. And uh, and you go there and you, you have to pay deposit because obviously people, you know, can steal and bust stuff. So you do yeah. have to pay deposit. And uh, and then you can borrow things. You can like borrow a bread maker, any kind of hand tool, Um you know, and people are loving it. Like, there's a guy who lives down the road. His name's Robert. And he said, you know, this is amazing. I'm going to borrow the hand sander to do up an old chest of drawers over the weekend. And my kids can borrow a kite and a ukulele. It's great because we don't have space to store this stuff at home. I love that this. That is a fantastic I know. idea. I still want to. I have a tractor and a slasher, but it's just a little bit small at the moment. I want a bigger one. If I started a crowd, a, like a, crowd, like a Kickstarter campaign, right? Yes. To have a library of things. Mm-hmm. Would you donate anything? As far as things go, yes, yeah. I would. 
Yeah, okay, cool. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to think I've, seriously I've about this. Because something you said la- um, yesterday really like really stuck with me and I was thinking about it for a long time. I, was, I spent almost my entire shower this morning thinking about it. When you said we're going to run out of oil at some point and then all this ticketed te- technology that we have is going to be like obsolete immediately. I was thinking about, you know, how we waste and how we create way more than we need. And uh, sh- sure, we might still be barreling towards running out of oil. But in the meantime, wouldn't it be great if we didn't use so much oil? Because you said like what a plate of food takes eight times its weight to create in like in, in oil. In oil, yeah, that's right. Yeah, and you know, yeah. and, and like, I reckon if you went down a street, if you went down a street in any suburb of Australia, I bet you every single house has a vacuum cleaner that they only use once a week, maybe every two weeks. That whole street could share one so maybe vacuum what cleaner. we should do is create streets street libraries yeah create a street libraries okay so everybody puts in I have this I have this I have this mm-hmm. I have this mm-hmm. and then you have a borrowing system between yeah. neighbors so neighbors can actually get to know each other they can talk to each other which is yeah. which would be great to begin with and uh, and you know that they can uh, you know borrow between uh-huh. each other and, and and somebody holds a, a central deposit somewhere at the end of the mm-hmm. street so that if anything gets broken it gets replaced all that kind of stuff they yeah. could be make make up a system so maybe we don't actually have to have a library where people donate stuff maybe we could do it just as a street that becomes a community that shares stuff I, I do think that's a really cute idea but I think the way the world has gone in terms of people moving out people being irresponsible is not going to work yeah. I, I do well, I, I'm, I'm keen to see how this one goes yeah. as well. I, th- I do think a library, like an actual building that people go to, they're, where they're held accountable by, like a, I want to say, a governing body, so to speak, is uh, is is necessary. Just you know, yeah, you're probably right. I love the idea of community and a street sharing, but like, look at me. I've lived in hundreds of places, and I'm only 34 years old. I literally yeah. could not tell you the different houses that I've lived in over my lifetime. <laughs> I have lost track a Lon, long time. You need ago. to settle down. Never. Never! Sorry, sorry, where did that come from? Um, anyway, so it yeah. Came from deep within your subconscious. <laughs> your subconscious suddenly came to the surface there, Bob. Don't provoke me with talks of settling down. It came and bursting out. <laughs> I just, I do, I just believe that we don't need nearly as much stuff as we have. I, I honestly believe that one suburb could survive quite well on like, I don't know, six, seven vacuum cleaners. We all have them like, because, you know, libraries often have multiple copies of the one book depending on how popular it is, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Uh, so a, a library of things could have like, you know, it's 10 like these, vacuum it's like cleaners. It's like these go-get cars. Okay, I don't, I don't, I've seen them, but I'm not sure actually sure what they are. Yeah, so they're a car that are parked in a garage and um, rather than being a hire company or, or, or whatever, it's almost like a library. Where I mean, you've you got to pay for them, mm-hmm. but they're ideal for people who live in the, I, I don't know exactly how this is, but, but they're ideal for people who live in the city who don't want the expense of owning a car, but every now and but you they use tra- public transport for everything. Every now and then they want to do a road trip. Yeah. And so cool. they just jump online, book it in, uh-huh. go and pick up the car out of the garage, and away they go. That's you know, they awesome. might use it once or twice a year and, and, and the whole community can use the uh, that car. And there's a there's a cost to it. You know, this this is a business that is making mm-hmm. money. Mm-hmm. It's not like a library that is sort of uh, a little bit more neutral. But, um, yeah, it's a great concept. You see them all over the place. That's really cool. I'm going to look that up because that sounds like something I'd be into. Um, With this library of things, the thing that also surprised me about this story, uh, so it's called the Crystal Palace Library of Things, right? Um, And it was crowdfunded. It actually only took uh, £9,375, which I guess you know is maybe – I want to say like 15 grand Aussie. Yeah. I I really would have thought it would cost way more to start a library of things. I'm actually pleasantly surprised it was quite cheap. You're not going to get a tractor and a slasher for that. 
I know, but what, but the thing is, you can actually ask people to donate stuff. They might not have money. Like right now, if someone asked me for a cash donation, I'd be like, look, I'm strapped. But hey, do you know what? I have three waffle lines. You can have one. Like, well, maybe you not have waffle. three waffle lines. Look, I have a waffle addiction. Don't talk to me about it on the radio right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone with a waffle addiction that is going on a juice fast. This is look, every Sabbath morning, every Saturday morning, hey, 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 I host hey. a free waffle party at my place. Hey, hey, quick question. Quick yeah, question. Yeah. Um, how much weight did you lose on your last month's juice fast? Dang it, I forgot to weigh myself again. It oh, would have been. Not, it would have been. The whole point was no. To- it would have been about four kilos, four or five kilos, which is like a you know over a kilo a week, which is good. Uh-huh. I can do better, and about I'm going to do better. Ten pounds for all of our friends listening in the United States. I didn't States. do much exercise, but if I'd exercise, I would have done better. Anyway, Hillary Scott and the Scott family come to Jesus, and we'll be back after this song. Lost and left to die Raise your head for love is passing by Come to Jesus Come to Jesus Come to Jesus and live Now your burdens lifted
The Scott family with Come to Jesus here on Faith FM. Do we have another clue for our quiz? Clue number two. What number am I? Jesus said he could have called this many legions of angels to deliver him. Oh. Do you know the answer? Mm-hmm. Okay. 100 Faith FM is the number if you know the answer. It's 1-800-324-843 or text me 0491-064-669. Wow. I just want to keep talking about this library of things. I'm like so inspired. No, but I've got a really cool story here. I just want to do one thing. Just one thing. Just one thing. Aliens. A story about aliens. Listener, if you agree with me that you would totes love to see a library of things happen. We can talk about aliens. And if you have something that you would donate, can you give me a call and just encourage me? Because I might actually start a Kickstarter crowdfunding campaign to make this happen. I might make this happen, Lyle. So if you have if you have any thoughts, can you like give me a call? We won't stick you on air and scare you or anything, but you can just talk to me. Okay, tell me about the aliens. Yes, of course. All right, so um, they're looking for. Um, you know how we've been spending billions of dollars to find life on Mars. <laughs> yeah, and we've been spending. Uh, ne- the next project is going to be to find life on Europa. Uh, what Europa? You know, the moon around Jupiter. One of the moons around Jupiter. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm yeah. like, Europe? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> yeah, let's go and see if there's any life in Europe. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, no, life. Europa. <laughs> okay, yeah. Um, and, of course, Saturn has a moon called Enceladus or Enceladus. I'm not quite sure how you pronounce that, where they discovered um, hydrogen. And so they're looking for life on this particular moon as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we're going to spend billions of dollars. We're going to send this, uh, um, this uh, the, the Europa Clipper mission in 2020, which is going to make uh, 44 circuits of uh, Europa mm-hmm. at a height of about 15 miles above the surface. And what it do- hopes to do is to fly through a plume of water spewing up from the surface, from below the surface, through the ice out into space. So the theory is Europa is covered with ice. Uh-huh. Underneath that ice is a layer of thermally heated water. And where there's water, you can have life. And every now and then, the theory is that it shoots out in this big plume that they're seeing from the Hubble Space Telescope. And if they can fly through one of those plumes, they can test the water to see if there's any life in it. Oh. Okay, now, the thing that That's going to take in, some coordination. Okay, 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 okay. Let's just think about this from an evolutionary perspective because as soon as evolutionists start looking for life outside this planet, it, it's just like, really? <laughs> I mean, seriously? I mean, we know there's life outside of this yeah. planet. We don't have to spend billions of dollars to find it out. We can just look, look in our Bible and the Bible's full of information about it. Um, but <clears throat> uh, mathematicians have done the calculations on um, the odds of a life-friendly universe. Yeah, that's a, that's a life-friendly... Not, not, not just a, mm-hmm. a, you know, a, a, a universe in which there could be a life-friendly planet somewhere. Mm-hmm. Okay, and that, uh, those odds are 1 in 10 to the 10th to the 123rd power. Oh, my. <laughs> which, is a, which is more zeros than you can write on a piece of paper. So there's like an incy, wincy, incy, wincy, 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 wincy chance of that happening. Is that what you're saying? Well, what I'm saying is that um, mathematicians say that odds of one in tenth to the 50 are the odds of impossibility. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> and yet they're still willing this to throw... This is one tenth to the tenth to 123. But anyway, anyway. But they're anyway. still willing to throw a stack of money at this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then the odds of, getting, of just getting the right enzymes together for life is one in ten to the 40th. That's just to get the right enzymes together. Good grief. Not just to get the right enzymes to exist, to get to, get, to actually get them together. <laughs> <coughs> Look, just throw an enzyme party. I'm sure they'll all come together. And then, boom, you have your enzymes together. Yeah. So, you, <laughs> to, uh, to have life, there are 142 factors that must be exactly right. Like, as in, you're not out by the slightest degree for life to exist anywhere in the universe. Uh-huh. And a further 922 factors that will be required for life to exist on a planet. The chance of these combining on one planet are 1 in 10 to the 1,050th. <laughs> Look, if they actually find... <clears throat> oh, and by the way, the research we're doing right now is adding 1 million zeros to these chances per month. It, oh, whoa. Okay, so you've because got... they're finding less and okay, less. But evolutionists then say, oh, yes, but the universe is so unimaginably big that you can deal with chances like this. If okay, they so actually find life, it's only further evidence that God exists. Of course it's Those further, kind yeah, of chances, of please. Yeah, and, and this is their argument. Oh, the universe is so... So if the universe... So if the reason that life actually exists on planet Earth is because the universe is so impossibly big to actually allow these kind of chances, mm-hmm. then why are we looking on our next-door neighbours for life? You know, because the chances of there being two planets side by side yeah. with life on them, yeah, or, or two planets, you think? You know, I mean, afield. come on, seriously, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I tell you. Do you know? Do you know it, what? It goes to show that deep down, I believe that uh, a lot of these guys they know that evolution is a load of bunkum. Yeah, and they're looking for a way to make it not bunkum. But yeah, yeah. I believe that there is other life out there. But oh, absolutely. I also believe that they certainly will not want to be found, like or or contactable. I just, you know. You know, the Bible speaks about the other realms that are watching us, you know, and we're a spectacle uh-huh. before angels. And I <laughs> I kind of tend to think they don't want to be, you know, have anything to do with us in, in terms of contact, you know. Happy to watch, sin disgusting. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. We don't yeah. want to be contaminated by everything that's happening on your planet. Because if you look at what we've done to our planet, we're not really doing a good job of having like our own calling card. Like, hey, we're from Earth. <laughs> Check out how horrifying we've made it. Yeah. yeah. You know, it was only like 20 years ago that we discovered planets outside of our solar system. Oh really? And you've got these impossibly big numbers, mm-hmm. and we we had we knew all these numbers existed long before we, we even knew whether there was any other planet anywhere. Wow. Um, anyway, the Bible says this: then God would use the church to show the powers and authorities in the spiritual world that He has many different kinds of wisdom. So the Bible speaks about the powers and authorities not on this earth, but in the spiritual world. Mm-hmm. Plural. That is life outside of our planet. Mm-hmm. Plain mm-hmm. and simple. That's Ephesians 3 and verse 10. In Ephesians 6 and verse 12, he says, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts, that means a lot of people, mm-hmm. of wickedness in the heavenly places. Mm. Um, now, when the Bible speaks about the heavenly places, of course, it's speaking about the cosmos, the universe. And here's a direct reference to Satan and his demons, his evil angels. Here's another verse. I want you to think about this one, Mon. Think mm-hmm, about this one, mm-hmm. okay? Um, this is from 1 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 9. For I think that God has set forth us, the apostles, last, as it were appointed to death. 
for we are made a spectacle unto the world, mm-hmm. right, and to angels mm-hmm. and to men. Wow. Now, I want you to catch that because here he is going up in an ascendancy, right? He begins with the world. Who lives on the world? We do. Human beings. Mm-hmm. So it says he's made us a spectacle to the world. In other words, as Christians, we are a spectacle to other human beings to show what Christianity is like. Yeah. But then he takes it up a level mm-hmm. and he goes, we're also a spectacle to angels so that they can you know, understand something about God's grace as well, mm-hmm. right? Follow mm-hmm. so far? Yeah. And then he goes up a level. And, and he says, says men and men, which almost seems like he's repeating world. Well, you wouldn't you wouldn't do that. That that no. doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense to repeat yourself, mm-hmm. you know, because it would effectively then say, "For we are made a spectacle unto men and to angels and to men." Yeah, or we made a spectacle unto world, unto the world, and unto angels and to the world. That doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is obviously a very clear indication. Okay, the Bible says, Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, and Satan came also among them. And the Lord said to Satan, Where did you come from? So Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro on the earth and from walking back and forth in it. Here we have a gathering together of the sons of God in heaven, and the only representative from earth is Satan. Wow. So who are the other sons of God? They sound the leaders of these other worlds. Yeah, because Adam is called the son of God. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. He's not... The Son of God, as in Jesus is the Son of God. Um, he is the Son of God by creation. Mm-hmm. I, and if you think about the fact that God is an infinite creator God, he's got creative yeah. power, to think that he only created us is actually quite like a selfish, narrow-minded view. It's incredibly narrow-minded yeah, view. Yeah, very like God who is creative by nature mm-hmm. and created one vast empty desert mm-hmm. and only put life on this planet. Yeah. That's a bit arrogant. Yeah. The Bible says war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon and the dragon and his angels fought and they did not prevail, nor was place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, the serpent of old called the devil and Satan. The Bible says, therefore rejoice, O heavens, plural, and Mm -hmm. you who live in them. Mm. I could go on here all day, verse after verse after verse. The Bible is full of information about life on other planets and other worlds. The Bible says that Jesus created the worlds. This is Gungor with Please Be My Strength. I've tried to stand my ground. I've tried to understand. But I can't seem to find my faith again. Like water on the sand. Grasping at the wind I keep on falling short So please be my strength Please be my strength Cause I don't have any more I don't have any more Please be my 
I fought the good fight of faith I pray your glory shine In this doubting heart of mine And all would know that you everybody uh you're listening to gungor with please be my strength here on faith fm and uh mon is basically multitasking right now <laughs> i was like she's not gonna make it for this segment but uh she is i'm um, here I'm crocheting yes. making food eating salad um talking on the radio <laughs> i would i would forget to breathe if i was doing all that i think i need i think i need to um tame it down because i feel like when i multitask you freak out and then you start i mean aaron because you're so panicked <laughs> about like, how many things i've got heck going is going on over there <laughs> <laughs> okay so uh, mon we have uh joel on the phone oh yes i'm so excited about this joel welcome to the show Thanks. Okay, Joel, Joel Ridgway, just as an introduction, is uh, author of a brand new book um, on the subject of the Trinity or the Godhead. And so, Joel, just as we're, as we're starting off, um, just for our listeners, I wonder whether you could help us out. Uh, what are we talking about when we are talking about the Trinity? Well, there's a fair bit of variation between the groups, but fundamentally, anti-Trinitarianism is the idea that is against the plurality of God. They like to call themselves the one true God movement, Mm -hmm. and the basis of their belief is that the Father is the one true God, but then they have to do some fancy footwork when it comes to Christ, because most Trinitarians will confess that Jesus is God. Sure, and... and, and of course, I should, I should probably should just just but, but jump in there and mention that um, your 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 book specifically talks about this subject within a Seventh Day Adventist context, mm-hmm. um, and so I guess most of our listeners would be more familiar with anti-Trinitarianism from the context of you know, say the your, your local friendly uh, Jehovah's Witnesses that uh, mm-hmm. meet a couple of times a year and and um, when they knock on your door, yeah. Um, yep. But there has been. Um, a very small minority of Seventh-day Adventists who have also been investigating this particular subject mm-hmm. uh, in the last 20 years or so, and your book directly addresses that. Um, yes, that's true. Yeah, so I am just just wanted to give it that little bit of context. Okay, so... Yeah, um, yeah. yeah so anti-Trinitarianism, um, you have um, God the Father who is the one true God, then you've got Jesus who's also God, but is he the same God as God the Father? Well, not really, because they say he's the Son of God from eternity, and therefore he he is God simply because he came from the Father. He proceeded forth from the Father, but but he is not self-existent like the like God the Father. 
Right. So they, they might say that, you know, God the Father was made God. and Sorry, God the Father was God and that God the Son was made God. Is that, uh, would that be a fair distinction for, for what they're Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that, that is true, yeah. yeah. Okay, and what are the claims in relationship to the Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit, they say, is, is not a person, but he is but is the mind and presence and power of God. He's like a, a force, an energy, or God's presence with us, but not an actual person. Right. Okay, so this would be... Uh, how different would this then be, what, what these people are claiming, from, say, what a Jehovah's Witness would believe? Well, Jehovah's Witness, they believe that Jesus was a created being. Mm-hmm. So, um, and so on a similar level to the angels. Yes. Um, when is the anti-Trinitarian concept is it? It's kind of like God cloned Himself and made a second God. Sure, sure. I, I, I guess when it all boils down, the way I look at it, and I look at things very, very simply, is that uh, either Jesus is a recipient of life from the mm-hmm. Father, or he is not a recipient of life, however that comes about. And if you yeah. are somebody who receives life, you if you are a recipient of life, then you can cut that cake any which way you want. Uh, you're making a claim that Jesus was created. Mm. Exactly. Uh, and I, I haven't really seen a, a very distinctive difference between the two. They try and, and make a distinction between created and begotten, but I haven't really been able to see a, a very clear distinction in Biblically, for my opinion. Sure, yeah, no, I understand. Now, um, just very quickly, um, for some time I understand that this was something that you were studying into. Could you share a little bit of um, your journey very quickly? Yeah, sure. So it was, this is going back about uh, when I was in my mid-teens. So mm-hmm. this is going back close to 15, 16 years. Um, I was introduced to this idea through friends. And um, when I, I looked into it, um, it seemed very convincing. Um, because, you see, if you're not very well grounded in the truth, um, when these people come up with their arguments, you can eat, be, very easily be swept away by it. And, and I was. Sure, sure. Um, And it, it, it seemed to explain many things about God that I had trouble understanding. Mm-hmm. And I think this highlights an issue that I see in this movement is that they're trying to delve into areas about God um, that he has not revealed. So yeah, and I think it's one, one of the points that we need to bring out is that if you can explain God, you are God. Mm. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the human mind doesn't like the idea of a mystery. So we've got to come up with a way that explains it to us, that makes sense to us. Sure. And there's many things about God that people have trouble making sense of, and I think people come up with, with these ideas because they're trying to explain God. Um, and, and this was certainly my experience. Um, after a lot of study and listening to DVDs and reading books, I was finally convinced that you know, this was truth. And I used to go around promoting it mm-hmm. on internet forums, and I used to love to debate with people on this topic. So this was something that you actually became, yeah, quite sincere about. Um, you yeah, went, yeah. You, went, you wasn't just like, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting thing, and then moved on. This was... Um, 
I actually found that to yeah, be um, often the story with many anti-Trinitarians, um, people who, who end up believing uh, in the anti-Trinitarian message. It, it ends up becoming like a, an all-consuming th- uh, theme mm-hmm. to their life and then all they're interested in is just promoting this anti-Trinitarian uh, movement and this belief and they go around and they, they evangelize, but all they evangelize is the anti-Trinitarian message. And it kind of scares me because you know there's so much more to the bible there's so much more to god there's so much more to the gospel than just this one little anti-trinitarian yeah, because, thing well it's, it's always and this is just i'll just put this out there for our listeners is always a dangerous thing when you have some when you meet somebody who has a one subject gospel yeah mm-hmm. and yes. there's only one thing they can talk about yeah anyway yes, keep going yes. so you, you became involved in it um you were promoting it you were teaching it you were promoting it on forums um, and now you've just released a book that uh, that that is against it. Um, mm-hmm. how, how was it that you ended up moving from one position to another? <laughs> well, it's not something that you want to do every day, that's for sure. No. But um, <laughs> um, for me, the first step was getting away from the circle of people that I was in fellowship with. Mm-hmm. Um, once I, once I left home, I moved interstate, and I started to work for a um, at a health retreat slash Bible school that was run by Seventh Day Adventists. And I began associating with people who were more people who were Trinitarian. Mm-hmm. And through various circumstances, I had the opportunity to, to study this topic with some good Bible students who really challenged my, my views on all this. Mm-hmm. And um, eventually, this you know brought me back to you know I thought I really need to sit down and restudy this for myself. Um, it, it, I think what really was like the wedge was the fact that they just accepted me for who I was and they didn't ostracize me because I had a, a different view. They just accepted me and were willing to, you know, befriend me regardless. And, um, yeah, as opportunities came up, I, I started, started with, with a couple of people and then they brought up enough things that challenged my view that I thought, yeah, i got to really go back to the drawing board and restudy all this. I actually think that's kind of sad that, you know, you would almost expect to be ostracized by other humans simply because you believe something different. I think that's uh, that's that's, yeah. quite, that's yeah, that's quite sad. Did you find that you lost um, friends uh, who did believe anti-Trinitarianism simply because you no longer believed it? Mm. Sorry, what was that again? Did you did you lose a lot of friends uh, from your anti-Trinitarian days? Did they like ostracize you because you no longer believed um, their message? Yeah, well. That's certainly certainly once I, I moved and and stopped associating with that group, um, yeah, I, I basically lost track of quite a few people because of that. Um, and um, certainly now that I'm, I'm I've changed camps, I've experienced criticism like I've never experienced before, mm. um, particularly on Facebook. Um, just yeah, I was amazed at, at, at how much a storm of criticism it created when I finally did come out publicly about it. Um, yeah, it was it was quite astounding to me. Yeah, uh, I've been I've been told that I'm worshiping Satan because I believe the Holy Spirit's a person. I've, I've, I've wow. been told that un- unless I repent, I'm eternally lost. You know, mm. these are the kind of the things that that um, people have come out with. That's so unkind and so untrue. Yeah, and, and unnecessary. Mm. Okay, so what do you think as as you're being challenged? What is was there? What 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 was one or two of the major standout um, teachings of the Bible that challenged your anti-Trinitarian position and got you started thinking about um, uh, Trinitarianism? Uh, Trinitarianism. Um, 
there's, there's a lot of things. It wasn't just one thing. But um, one of the areas that, that really was a clincher for me was when I studied the, um, the name of God, name of God in the Bible, particularly um, the word Jehovah, mm-hmm. which is the, the, the Hebrew word for God. Um, you'll see it in your Bible. Often a lot of translations have that word capitalized, or, um, Lord or God. And that word simply means, when you, when you study the, um, the Hebrew meaning, it just means to exist, means self-existent. Um, and we, we see this word used for Jesus many, many times. Sure. Um, and, like, for example, one of my favorites is, is Isaiah forty nine twenty six. I, the Lord, self-existent one, am thy Savior, thy Yeshua, mm-hmm. and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Now, Yeshua is Jesus in Hebrew. Yep. Um, so there, there was a lot of very clear statements that show that Jesus is, is not just a, a lesser God, but he is the self-existent God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the self-existent God, the ruler and creator of the universe. And Yeah, uh, yeah. because one of the defining attributes of God I discovered from my study is the fact that he exists. And these words that we read here really highlight that. And when you read God, how God describes himself, he describes himself as one that exists. He, you don't bring God into existence. Sure, sure. Mm. Um, yeah, so this is actually, um, so how, how, how important a subject do you actually see this as being? I mean, this is a subject that has been debated by Christians, uh, as you would know, having uh, written a book on it from uh, you know, the first centuries of Christianity. Um, how important a subject is this that we understand the nature of God? I, I think it's, it's very important. Um, I, although I, I think, Anti-Trinitarians put too much emphasis, I think, on understanding the technical side of God versus knowing God personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think there is a distinction there. I think you know they'll go as far as to say if you have a misconception about, or they, you see things differently to what they do, then then you're lost basically. Sure. Um, I don't take that hardline approach. Mm-hmm. But on the other hand, on the other hand, I think if you have some false conceptions about God in your mind, it can tarnish the way you understand God and his character. Yes, absolutely. Um, Which can affect your relationship with him. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly right, exactly mm-hmm. right. Um, so I think having a clear understanding of God is important, um, particularly understanding God as he reveals himself in the Bible um, without adding your own ideas and interpretations on it. There's many things we can't understand. We just have to just accept them by faith. Yeah, absolutely. I think that um, you know any false doctrine is going to attack the character of God. And you know, yes. if, if if God created Jesus so that He could kill Him, so that He could save humans, then um, it uh, it doesn't say a lot about God's character, really. When you when when it all boils down, and I know that you know not Andy mm. Trin would say that, but that's the implication um, of what it's saying when 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 you yes. boil it all down. And uh, exactly, and and so then we don't have a God of love. It's it's as simple as that. You know, love is one yes. of those things that doesn't exist with yep. in, in the singular and so you know basically the anti-trend doctrine um its implication is that god is not love yeah exactly and and the plurality of god is very important when it comes to the incarnation because what, what was really needed for, for for jesus and for sorry for us to be saved was we needed god to become in the flesh and if there's only one god then then we have a problem here yeah joel tell us quickly um what is the name of your book and where can we get hold of it so the name of the book is Understanding the Godhead, My Personal Journey. Um, and I have a website. It's called revealerfilms.org. Um, if you jump on that website, um, you'll be able to find it there, Revealer Films. And if you go slash Godhead, 
that, that take you straight to the page where you can get an ebook or a hard copy. Thank okay. you so much. We will put that information up on Facebook. And if you are listening to this segment and you yourself are Andy Trin or you have an opinion about this, feel free to give us a call. Our number is 1-800-FAITH-FM. That's 1-800-324-843. We'd love to talk to you about uh, Trinitarianism and the Godhead. Thank you so much for joining us today, Joel. It's been a blessing. Pleasure. We're going to listen to Francesca Battistelli at this particular time. If we are honest, the song is called. And so we always love to bring you uh, great music here on Faith FM 87.6, 87.8 or 88.
God has already done isn't enough for you, nothing's going to be enough for you. Because it's meant to be real. And real life stories have baggage. We know that Peter's a loose cannon. It's all about context. And he chose different personalities to express that because his personality is infinite. If it's a love song written to us, when we're at our lowest points, we've got backup. Like a lot of the rational arguments for the existence of God, they tend to work better after you believe. Hi, this is Luke from oztabletalk.com.au. Please join myself and some of my closest friends as we explore our faith through conversation, Bible study, interviews, and more. You can find us online at oztabletalk.com.au. That's oz as in Australia, A-U-S, tabletalk.com.au. Looking forward to seeing you there. Bye. I'm so glad that's recorded because I want to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> Someone called it a care package there. <laughs> wow. <laughs>